0: Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. If you have your Bible, open up to Psalm 3. We're gonna kind of jump right in um, since I went a little long with middle school. So as you talked about in your tag group, we're talking about depression tonight. Um, That's why I wanted to do it like a little bit more like of a low key, um, almost like a Bible study tonight because this is such a, you know, these are all touchy subjects, but if, if this is something that you kind of, you kind of struggle with you deal with or you know somebody who deals with this this is a very touchy subject or kind of an important topic to you um so i want to just yeah i wanted it to be kind of informal if you have a if you have a question about like the scripture we're talking about or about the bible in general as we're kind of going through this um just raise your hand and ask or just ask you don't have to raise your hand this is not school you'll you'll have to do that tomorrow so um we're talking about depression, and depression by the numbers, um, you know, I'm starting all these off with by the numbers. These are some numbers that may or may not surprise you. Um, the first number that is of interest is that 3.1 million teenagers in the U.S. Um, have had at least one major depressive episode. Um, so we're not talking about like a sliver of the student population. We're talking about either you or people that you are close to that, that struggle with this, um. According to the Center for Disease Control, uh, the number three leading cause of death among teenagers is suicide. The number three. I mean, think of all the crazy diseases and all the, all the things that we, 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 you know, we're, we're, we're scared about. The number three leading cause of death among teenagers is the, is the fact that some have chosen to take their own life. Um, and I hate, I hate this, but... I see that borne out in our, in our, in our community. Um, since I've been a youth pastor here, and this is year number eight, I think, eight or seven or eight, every school year there's been a teenager who has taken, their, taken his or her, her life in our school districts, like one of our school districts. Um, last year was the first time since I have started that a middle school student um, took her own life. Um, There are an average of 5,400 suicide attempts by students grades seven through 12 every day. Um, I did the math on that. That that amounts to every 16 seconds a teenager attempts to take their own life. So just think about that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. How sad is that? Even more sad is that um, of those teens who attempted suicide, four out of five teens um, have had exhibited clear or given clear warning signs. Um, so when we're talking about this, um, not everyone who is... Depressed, or who suffers from depression, will attempt suicide. Um, but generally speaking, everyone who has attempted suicide is going through through depression. So this this is something that is 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 a big deal. Um, depression among teenagers is higher than it is for the rest of the of the population. Um, I kind of got into more of the symptoms of depression with middle school just because it's kind of an unknown thing to them more so than it is to you, but I just want to kind of read those off so you, you, you see them. Symptoms of depression are fascination with death, feeling of helplessness, low energy, isolation, feeling physically ill, weight gain, feeling of worthlessness, self-harm, poor concentration. That's just, a, that's just according to the Center for Disease Control. That's their list of symptoms, and there are more, of course. Some of the causes of depression um, are trauma, something traumatic happened to you, um, just your DNA, your family history. Um, if you, some people are just you know, physically more likely to suffer a depressive episode or to suffer from depression just because of their chemical makeup. Um, Lack of sleep, um, they say possibly one of the reasons that depression is on the rise among teenagers is that n- the number of hours per, per night that they get of sleep is on the decline. Um, abandonment, if someone has abandoned you, whether they meant to do that or not, even if it's a perceived abandonment, if someone has left your life, somebody important, um, that can set off a, yeah, that can pull you into depression. Um. They say the number one cause of depression among teenagers is bullying, um, and you know we, we think of bullying we think of uh, Farkas on a um, 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 a Christmas story, but it's it's a lot more insidious now than it was was back then um, and then there's also seasonal uh, seasonal depression um, these this month and the previous month January and february are the are, there is, every year there's a spike in diagnoses of depression um, because of the, of, the, of the time period of the year we're in. Um, clinical depression is when the chemicals in your brain are off balance to where you can only focus on your feelings. Um, you can have the perfect life. You can Everything can be going great in your life from an external perspective, but inside you feel dead inside and you feel hurt inside and you can't explain why and nobody else can explain why and they can't understand you because everything should be fine with you. Cause What's wrong in your life? And you can't explain it. It's because you can only focus on your feelings because of this imbalance. Um, some people go through a feeling of depression or a season of depression where it's not from a clinical sense, chemicals that are imbalanced, but it's just to where you, things have happened that, that, that make you sad and make you feel like, you, like things are hopeless. And that's the common denominator, whether you're going, feeling depressed, going through a season of depression, or you, just, or, or you have that you know, clinical depression is there's this feeling of hopelessness and when you lose hope when you lose hope nothing else matters does it if you don't think it's going to get any any better nothing else matters um, but tonight in psalm 3 um, we're going to learn about how we can trust that god can awaken our soul so for you know, if you feel dead inside you know somebody who does um, we can trust that God can awaken our soul and we learn about it from uh, someone who went through this process many times and his name was King David. Um, what What is David best known for? Right? He killed Goliath, right? He took down the giant, sliced his head off. You know, we, we spent many a time on the flannel graph learning about that one in Sunday school at church, right? Um, what's his second, what's he Maybe secondly most famous for not a good thing. killing somebody, stealing killing, killing somebody and stealing his wife. Um, David went through a lot. Um, David was chased before he became king, and they tried to kill him. He wrote a lot about that in Psalms. Um, when David was king, he made a big, big, big mistake and Felt the shame and the sorrow of that. He wrote a lot about that in Psalms. And then at the end of his life, um, he had some really terrible things that happened around him. Caused him to, many scholars believe, be depressed. and He wrote about that. Um, the context, the situation of this story was that David was fleeing from his own son. Um, David had some sons who were grown up, and the sons um, each wanted to be the one who would succeed him when he died and become the next king. And uh, one of his sons named Absalom decided, I don't want to wait around to try to duke it out with my brothers to see who can become king. I'm going to overthrow my own dad so I can become king now. So David went from living in a palace uh, to being a man on the run. He went from having people serve him to those same people that served him were now pursuing him, trying to kill him because his son had turned the whole nation against him. So David was on the run. He had to get up every day and literally with his, the couple people who were still loyal to him keep going from place to place to place to place so that they couldn't find him and kill him. Um, And and. This is one of several psalms that David wrote during this time. and If you look at some of the other psalms, it really gets deep into just how full of despair he was, how depressed he was. But this was a psalm that really was a game changer when he was writing this. And it's, it's really a series of prayers that he prayed, and it's a game changer for him. So let's, let's read it, and I'm going to make a couple observations about it. Psalm 3, Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you, O Lord, are a shield around me. My glory, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. This is a good prayer to pray against people you don't like. Not really. Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies in the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. So David prays a prayer and then he um, makes a couple, I guess you could say observations or statements of facts and then he prays another prayer. Um, And through each of these, we learn a little bit more about um, how David dealt with his depression and how we can kind of follow his pattern because it's a biblical pattern. The first thing that David did was he admitted. (laughs) They're A words. David admitted his trouble. Um, if you're a, yeah, if you, I know, yeah, the middle schoolers just don't get this yet, but if you're a Bible highlighter, which I know a lot of you guys are a Bible, note, a Bible marker, um, there are some, there, there's a series of words I want you to either highlight or circle, and it's the word many. Look at verse one and two, how many times the word many appears. It says, Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. The problem, the situation that I think David was, just because of the Psalms, already kind of predisposed. Maybe he suffered from clinical depression. These situations that kind of made the problem worse um, were pretty serious. Um, his foes were, were many, um, they were rising up against him, and everybody had written him off. You ever had that feeling? when everybody had written you off. Well, David knows exactly how that was. One thing you cannot say about David was that he was a fake. Because if you read through the Psalms, David was brutally honest about himself. When he screwed up, he admitted it. When he was depressed, he poured his heart out to God. David admitted his troubles. How about you? You know, we have tried, April and I and Cade and the leaders, we've tried really hard to make this a place where it's okay not to be okay. You know, what's sad is that, you know, first, a lot of times we don't even admit, admit to ourselves that, that, that we have trouble. It's kind of like this guy sitting on top of the fire. You know, he's just, you know, sitting there holding a brew, being stupid, you know. Don't even realize his crotch is about to burn out. Um, oh, I'm not spe- I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> high school, I can say anything I want to, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, he... This, some, for some of us though, this is us in our trouble. This is the way that we approach it. First, we lie to ourselves when we say "Are okay. Second, we lie to God and we never, we're afraid to even pray to God and cry out to God like David because it would mean admitting that we have a problem. And we would never, ever at church in youth group be honest with one another. You know, it's sad that, you know, the one place that, We really can't be honest is the place that God has designed for us to heal each other and to restore each other and to lift each other up. Um, The first step, and it's gonna gonna see it later, daily demolishing depression. We have to admit, if we're not okay, we have to be honest with ourselves. We have to be honest with God. We have to be honest with each other. Um, The next thing that David did was that he affirmed his trust in God. Um, you know me and my big butts. Well, some of, some of you haven't been around here very long, so get ready, buckle up. You see, I got this thing. I like big butts and I cannot lie. Now, you other brothers can't deny. Uh, no, um, that song's too old for you guys to even remember. But um, yeah, there, there are some big butts in the Bible, and this is one of these big butts of the Bible. I'm actually, I, I, Jeff was talking to me about this the other day. He's like, you need to write a book. Yeah, you know, I, I think one, someday I'm either going to write a book or a series of devotionals, 21 big butts of the Bible. But um, this is one of them. So far, David, this is all one prayer so far to God. David's prayers have focused on his surroundings, right? Many are my foes. Many rise up against me. Many have written me off. This big butt is a big hinge to where his prayer swings on this hinge from looking at his circumstances to looking at God. And here's what he says. He says, but you, Lord, are. Don't even go any further. You, Lord, are. That word Lord, um, in most of your Bibles, it will be in all caps, that word Lord. What that means when you see that in your Bible is that, that the writer used God's covenant name, the name Yahweh, in um, depending on how old the psalm is, it's either Yahweh or Jehovah. It's, they're both derivatives of the same term that God gave to Moses in Exodus 3 when Moses says, who shall I say sent me? And God says, I am. It means that God is the self-existing one. The name God chooses to be the name that is, are on his people's lip, lips is the name that God is. And before David even gets into any specifics, he says, I got all these problems, but God is. Something that we need to remember when we go through this, that we need to affirm our trust in God that yes, I am in the depths of despair. I feel like I'm dying inside, but God still is. Then he goes on to be a little more specific. He says, you Lord are a shield around me. What's interesting is that nobody ever touched David, even though the whole kingdom was trying to pursue him. Even though he felt the oppression by all these people, they never touched him. And we have an enemy, a three-part enemy. You guys remember this, right? We've gone through the world, Satan, our adversary, and our own flesh. We have an enemy that seeks to oppress us. But God, is a sh- but God is, and he is a shield that even when we are oppressed, can't touch him. A lot of you ask me the question, if somebody kills themselves, somebody commits suicide, will they go to heaven? The answer is, if they are saved Absolutely. If you call me and you say I want to end it, I will do everything I can to tell you not to, or to stop you, even if I have to physically restrain you. And we've been there before. But here's the thing you have to remember. Even though sometimes for some people, maybe even people that you know, it seems like depression dealt the final blow. It, if they were believers in Jesus, it oppressed them, but it didn't touch them. Because nothing can separate You from the love of God. He says, my glory. Uh, Sometimes depression is caused by shame. Um, David knew how that felt because he dealt with shame from the sin that he had committed with Bathsheba. And he's still, at this point, experiencing the ramifications of it because he's got multiple sons by multiple ladies that are all fighting and it was because of his indiscretion, because of his sin. And he still, I think that shame followed him all his life. But he says, even though I can't glory in myself, even though I feel like yeah, I'm, I'm just in this hopeless situation, I can still glory in my God. And then he says, God, you are, a better rend- rendering of the Hebrew than this NIV is, you are the lifter of my head. You know, there will be times if you, if you are dealing with depression that even the meds can't lift your head. And you try, to, you, you try to feel better and you try to find joy and you maybe try to find it through a relationship, friends, boyfriend, girlfriend. You try to do it through personal achievement, but you still can't lift your head up. You can't find joy. Look what it says. It says that even when you can't lift your head up, It's because God is the lifter of your head. You don't find joy. You don't find victory by pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. You don't do it by just trying to do better and trying to force yourself to go out and hang out with people and that kind of, you find it in God. And David found it. He found it. So David affirmed his trust in God. And then the final thing that David did that I think we would be wise to mirror is that he anticipated deliverance. It's a footprint of Neil Armstrong when he landed on the moon. Um, it's old news to us, but man, our grandparents, that was a big deal. Can you imagine watching that live? Can you imagine what that was like? I mean, my goodness, that beats a royal wedding any day for me. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he, the whole world was watching and big deal, footprint. Your mom yells at you if you leave a footprint in the house. Neil Armstrong's mom did not yell at him for leaving a footprint on the moon because that little footprint, no big deal, it was a big deal. Um, when we, or you, are going through depression, Look at the Bible. God uses small baby steps to make a big deal in your life and make a big difference in your life and to slowly reawaken your soul. Look at the baby steps. And this is not specific to David. He does this with Elijah. He does this with Paul, both of whom scholars believe experienced depression. Look at the baby steps. First, answered prayer. Verse four, David says, I call to the Lord, Same name there, by the way, Yahweh. I call to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. When God answers a prayer, no matter how small, when you feel like you've got nothing to hold on to, that's a big deal. Keep reading. He says, I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. Um, Some of you know how this is. You're tired, but you can't sleep. You wish you could sleep. Your body is screaming, sleep, sleep, sleep. But because of what's going on inside you, you can't sleep. Imagine David as he's being oppressed by all these people and he's sleeping with one eye open. God miraculously gives him sleep. He says, God, thank you for a night of sleep. This is a prayer. Maybe some of you should pray before you go to bed. Look down at the next Psalm, Psalm 4, verse 8. It says, in peace, This is the same, he's still fleeing. In peace, I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. I wake again, he says in verse five, the Lord sustains me. Thank God for another day. For some of you, it's all you can do to make it through another day. Then in verse eight, he says, from the Lord comes deliverance. Because of these baby steps, because of these little things, he was looking for God, working in unspectacular ways in his life. He knew that he could trust God for deliverance. We know the end of the story with David. God delivered him. I and you don't have the luxury of knowing how our situation is going to turn out specifically because we're in the middle of it. But one thing I can promise you for sure is God promises deliverance, ultimate deliverance. You wanna see, you? Oh, oh man, we've got time. The middle schoolers can wait. We don't leave till 8, 15, anyway. Go to Revelation 21, chapter, chapter 21, verse four. This is ultimate deliverance right here from depression. And this is promised to each and every one of you. And this is what you have to hold on to. Revelation 21, four. I'm gonna give you a minute to turn there. It's in the back of the book. <laughs> We're literally gonna read the back of the book of your life. Revelation 21, four. He, Jesus, will wipe away every tear in their eye. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. When Jesus comes back, there will be no such thing as cancer. There will be no such thing as heart attacks. And there will be no such thing as depression. We can anticipate that deliverance. So how do, we, how do we move forward from here? You can either write these down or take a picture of it with your phone. It's defeating depression daily, or demolishing, I changed it to demolishing, demolishing depression daily because I wanted to alliterate it. Um, I've got four F words for you. So far with this series, it's been all F words for application points and I'm so excited about that. I had to make you guys smile after that heavy lesson, okay? Um, and the first is a twofer. Two F words for the price of one. I mean, that's a good deal. I only, do, I only run that deal on Wednesdays. Um, <laughs> yeah, here's the first one. It's uh, facts and feelings. Um, distinguish between facts and feelings. One of the things about depression is, they, they've, they've said it like this, depression is what happens when you feel too much. Depression is what happens when you feel more than you can think. And we have to constantly Remind ourselves about the facts of God's word. Because there will be times where what's inside us is screaming something totally different than this. And we have to continually pour God's word into our life. We have to distinguish between facts and feelings. The next F word is find. You need to find someone to talk to. And if I can't, if I can't leave you with any other message, I please, I want to leave you with this. Please talk. Talk. To someone, and ideally, this is your parents. Um, ideally, this is you know, the people who live with you and who love you. Um, but if for some reason that's just not you don't you're afraid to take that step right now, um, you can talk to me. You can talk to April. You can talk to one of our youth leaders. Find someone to talk to. The next thing is friends. Uh, you may not be dealing with this. Um. But maybe you have someone who keeps you up all night and you are afraid to stop texting them, snapping them, talking to them because they are in the darkest place imaginable and you're afraid of what might happen if they're left to themselves. There have been people who have admitted things to you that you're holding secrets that no one person should ever have to hold. Friendship is based on trust. Um, but Friendship is also based on doing the right thing for your friend. And some of you, your friends are not gonna be able to get the help that they need only from you. They need more help than you can give them and you can be their friend but you can't be their counselor. You can't be their therapist. You can't be their parents and you can't be their spiritual guides. If you have a friend that is admitted things to you about hurting themselves, about wanting to kill themselves, about threatening to harm themselves or someone else, you're not doing them any favors by keeping those secrets. You need to talk to somebody. Once again, ideally your parents, but if you're not sure how to have that conversation, you can talk to me. Um, The final thing is fill. Fill your life with sunshine. some of you, if you started sleeping every night, if you took some melatonin and went to sleep, I'm not saying this is everybody's problem and, and, and everybody's issue is, is, is as, not, as unserious as just not getting sleep. I understand that. But for some of you, if you took a little bit better care of your body, you would have what you need inside you to overcome um, to overcome what you're dealing with. And that's part of God's plan. That's not just self-help therapy stuff. This is God's plan. God says in 1 Corinthians chapter five, honor the Lord with your body. And when we don't take care of our body, we experience not only depression, but we're not a good testimony to God. Um, so those are your F words. I just want to put one final thing on the screen, um, and it's, it, it's, it's this. I, I, there are three resources. Um, and what I ask middle school to do, and maybe you want to do this too, just take a picture of these. Um, if not for you, if for someone else um, that may, may confide in you something they're struggling with, Um, These are three resources that I just want to make available to you. There is a 2417 helpline for people who are struggling with self-harm and suicidal thoughts. And that's the number, 800-273-TALK. If you have a friend or you yourself are struggling and you're you're just too proud to talk to me or you're too nervous to talk to your parents, you can call this number. There will be somebody who will answer and will talk with you. There's a book. Um, I, I... read a little bit of time to get through it and read it. And it's a, it's, it's a good book that deals with gaining victory over depression. It's called Limitless Life by Derwin Gray. Um, if you can't afford a copy, I'll get a copy for you. Um, and here's the final thing. I made sure this is okay with April. Um, I put our numbers on the screen. Um, if you need somebody to talk to, whether it's first thing in the morning or whether it's how late do we usually stay at, how late do we end up staying up with people? You know, we, we've, we've watched, we've stayed up with people all night before. Uh, we've stayed with people all day before. We've texted with people all night before. And it is our, it is our joy to do that, to be there for you. Um, so if you don't have anybody else to talk to, you've got someone. Um, so the middle school is chomping at the bit here. So we're just going to put somebody in the middle and pray. Um, but you know, we'll be here afterwards if you need to talk. Um, we'll be <laughs> this thing will be on all the time. Um, so we love you guys. Um, and, and you know, I pray that you find, you find victory in this area and that your friends find victory in this area. Um, so let's pray and we'll get out of here. Open up the floodgates, release the hounds. Middle school, come on in. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.